0: right right so w- once again we the gimmick of this podcast is revealed the two guitarists record shop guys leather and blue jeans have a cool pick whereas i had to be faced with gosh do i pick new shoes i can't wait or do i have to like dive a little the deeper? The answer is you do not pick that That would be the answer. Jeff Simons, do you have new shoes? I can't wait in your 20,000 songs. Dude, I
2: don't even have
0: new shoes in
2: real life. I I mean, I don't know what the hell you're talking about.
0: (laughs) 50 years of music with 50 year old white guys. how's it going in berkeley
2: uh you can breathe our air quality went from 248 to 50 in the last 24 hours so we all went outside and gulped a bunch of fresh air for the first time in quite a few days so
0: 2020 has thrown some fires your way
2: yeah it's been nice it's been uh i was i was getting a little we were getting a little complacent with all the other things so good okay. to keep on our toes way wait, to
0: wait, way to respond ben barton is knoxville steady
1: yeah, and I, I took my beloved friend podcast listener and Ooh. glenn out for his 60th day and i've been drinking p.m <laughs> i'm ready to do this tonight
0: wait you went out for me for a second there you're you've been drinking how long
1: I've been drinking since 4 p.m. We went out drinks and a lovely dinner, and now oh, I'm ready to talk about 1986.
0: Oh, dear. Okay. Uh, well, I don't have we had a, an inebriated Ben Barton on our podcast as of yet?
1: Oh, the question is if I've been sober, really. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, well, welcome to 1986, everybody. I thought it'd be nice uh, before we get to the Grammy winner to just take a look at yet another positive review on our iTunes page. You guys, are you ready for this? So, Let's do it. So let me be clear. We've had 19 ratings on, um, of our podcast, 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. 19 ratings, all five stars. You're running out of family members. That, well, I was going to say only <laughs> 75%. Of the respondents are people I actually know and prompted. So I think that's a big deal. But here is a review from another 50 year old white guy. Great chemistry and much hilarity. I have learned a ton along the way. I will excuse the terrible choices made by Tim and Ben.
2: Oh!
0: oh! So,
2: justification!
0: So- Jeff Simons, have you uh, been spending some time on iTunes writing reviews of podcasts? I have not.
2: That is legit commentary. Oh, Oh, that feels... I needed that. That was like a B12 shot
0: in the ass. Thank you there. (laughs) I'm ready for the podcast now. (laughs) It is 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys on the Music City Drive-In Podcast Network. We're happy to be a part of that family. And today, gentlemen... We are going to have Ricky Valero of the Drive-In Podcast Network, kind of one of the organizers of the whole thing, all these great podcasts in one place. He's going to come on and give his choice for 1986. Outstanding. Guests abound. I love it. Um, All right. Do we have a, a camera on Ben Barton right now? Yeah, man. Let's do it. All right. I need a camera on his face because Jeff is about to play not only the Grammy winner. But the number one hit of Oh, 19- I don't like it when you give me this warning. That's not going to be good. 1986. The number one hit of 1986. The Grammy winner, all in one. What a dominant musical performance. Jeff, let's play the, the whole thing. Please don't. <laughs> it's the Grammy winner. It's the number one hit.
3: That's What Friends Are For by Dion Warwick and Friends.
1: Oh, oh, no! Oh. oh, the harmonica's the worst. Are you kidding me? This is what enemies are for. No. This is about us
0: getting together and on Wednesday night. I never thought I'd feel this way. Can I stop? Is that all right? No, I'll keep going. Come on. get
1: to And first. as far as I'm concerned, and get to Elton I'm-
0: Era That's, that's a enough. gracious plenty so, right there. I just
1: want to clarify that when yes. I did Elton John John's song was in my mind, that sums up Elton wait
0: <laughs> so,
1: hey, Wait, that's a song you think about when you think about Elton John? Yeah, for oh. sure. Dude, there's like a dozen other ones that are at least that bad. That's what Elton John sounds oh, like to me in my wow.
0: mind. Wow.
2: So uh, that – I, I had the epiphany, because you, you know, uh I get cued an hour before the podcast. So I've had an hour to think about this. Just awful, unforgivable. So one of the one of the things that our reviewer has picked up on is that my my choices are getting a little weirder and more underground than your guys' choices. And the reason is songs like this, like this song comes out and it's We Are the World. Meets, I'm still standing, meets right. like a, a shampoo commercial, right? Like you take those three things <laughs> and put them together, and that's what the song is.
1: Plus a and, harmonica. Don't forget the harmonica song. Don't <laughs> we'll
2: forget the harmonica. And it it sums up, it's a it's a message to me. Like, what's popular can't be trusted. Like what what's popular moves to the mushy, soggy middle right like the middle is like a big mac under the heat lamp and that's what the song is and so i started looking for other stuff and this is the last year i mean there's about four or five years here where my choices are still songs that most people will know by the time we get later on like my choices are weird and it's because of songs like this because a song like this drove me to look for stuff that was not this, that defined itself as the opposite. This is just drek. I mean, wow. this, this wow. is new coke in a song. I just, Strong words. I hate this song. I've always hated it. I never understood its popularity. It sounds like a Saturday Night Live parody of a song, more than a song itself. Wow. I, just, I am with Ben all the way on this. Can this I- song
0: Thanks. Can I ask the two of you, Luke, we don't have to discuss this song any longer. Oh, <laughs> your, your feelings are clear noted. Um, when you guys <laughs> went to 1986, did you think it was a down year? I, I, I mean, I, I, I know there are a few, I know there are a few albums that are like, Oh, those are grabbers, but overall, like it's Huey Lewis, it's Bon Jovi, it's Madonna. It's, I don't know. I, I kind of find it, Found it a little. I, it wasn't. I didn't have a lot of grabbers coming at me.
1: That's ben, what do you think? Dude, I did it in nineteen eighty six and gave Raising Hell for nineteen eighty five. I had a hard time with nineteen eighty six because uh-huh. there were several albums that came out that I really liked. Oh, interesting. Oh, uh, once like again, bon I am and- the oddball. <laughs> Ben's so, like, we hurt my
0: feelings. Those are all the ones I picked. Right, right. So w- once again, we. The gimmick of this podcast is revealed. The two guitarists, record shop guys, leather and blue jeans, have a cool pick, whereas I had to be faced with, "Gosh, do I pick new shoes? I can't wait, or do I have to like dive?" a little the deeper?" The answer is: you do not pick that. that would have, be the answer. Jeff Simons, do you have new shoes? I can't wait I in not. your 20,000 songs dude i don't even have new shoes in real life i i mean i don't mean, know what the hell are you talking about wait you really don't know that song I've i know i mean that. i i've oh heard of that band well we'll we'll pause the podcast go ahead give us 10 seconds of new shoes n-u space
1: s-h-o-o-z
2: i know how to spell it
0: i
1: can't wait <laughs> Go ahead. i've heard it tim you're using your power man this is not okay Like, it's okay for you to run things and keep herd the cats.
2: The Samsung ad that comes first. I was going to say, wait a minute. That was good.
1: I was actually like, wow, (laughs) they sound great. I love that Samsung ad. Oh, I know this song. Oh, I do. I like this one. This is (laughs) dead, bad.
2: Yep.
0: All right. All right. Thank you for humoring me.
2: By the way, that song has 6.4 million views. Well, on- sure, I like
0: right that to- one. Yeah. I, I like that give-
1: based on that doom, 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 doom.
0: I wanted to give the audience a-, a taste of 16-year-old Tim Plain right there. Um,
2: coming the way, out of the gate. That's not,
0: that's not something you want anyone <laughs> to pull out of context out of the podcast. <laughs> Sorry. I'll repeat I wanted to give everyone a glimpse into the life of 16-year-old Tim Plain there. But let's talk about 1986. Mad cow disease. Can you guys give blood?
2: Uh I cannot, but not because of mad cow disease.
0: All right, sorry. I didn't mean to get personal. Let's moving on. Uh the Challenger <laughs> a lot of cutting is gonna. happen. Look, i'm just being real i like <laughs> no, thank you thank you the challenger explodes
2: where were you yeah. jeff simons uh i was at i was at my grandmother's house watching it live
1: oh my god in i was Florida. in her
2: driveway you weren't yeah, in school
1: Florida. why weren't you in school spring break oh i was in school i was in Midwood high school i was in school
0: as well chemistry class was interrupted with the news Chernobyl also happens in 1986. I was wondering did did either of you watch the HBO series?
1: Yes, I did. Ben couldn't make it. Dude, I it, can't watch depressing things about nuclear meltdowns oh, this year. That's not going to happen for me.
0: Ben, ben, it is so depressing. Like it's unbelievable if you ever
1: if you so ever have a dark
0: day and you're like, "You know what? I'm going to go with I'm going to go with this." Go ahead and put on Chernobyl cuz
2: it was, oh, it was so depressing that I, it, was, it made me nostalgic for the lowest points of Breaking Bad. I was like, that show, by comparison, that, show, the, that show's darkest moments had a uh-huh. little lift to it. Like, it was, uh, that scene where they, all, they, they make those miners strip down naked yeah. and go, oh, good God, so depressing.
0: It, it was really bleak. It's a, it's a well-done, beautifully shot, well-written uh, series, but you've got to be in the right frame of mind. I don't know what that is. All right, um, Ben Barton, the Goodwill Games. Will you explain to our younger audience who might be familiar with the Olympics what the purpose of the Goodwill Games was?
1: I think it had something to do with the boycott. But, dude, you have to ask Jeff these questions. This is a Jeff answer. Surely Jeff and his parents went to Sears and got a coupon book <laughs> and then went to the Goodwill Games. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I actually never understood what the hell the Goodwill Games were. I do not
0: know the answer to that question. Well, it's funny. Ted Turner put a whole bunch of money behind it. A lot of countries went. The first one was in Moscow. It was essentially the Olympics on odd years. But it was supposed to spread goodwill amongst countries. It's as if Ted Turner didn't see the Olympics. Like, we've already got that. We don't need the Olympics two. Uh, right. Certainly
2: certainly Ben does not need the Olympics
0: two. No, ben, yeah, ben doesn't I'm need not. Olympics one. Ben, you were in Brooklyn in nineteen eighty-six. Did you participate in Hands Across America? Oh no way. <laughs> Jeff, did you?
2: I did not. I did not participate. And I remember being underwhelmed uh, by it when it finally happened. Like it never really like
0: so so it was ten dollars to participate you would give ten dollars they raised millions of dollars to fight homelessness it was the continuation of usa for africa jeff simons you are good with guessing
1: populations oh, how you, many you that's cold that's cold-blooded how many people and also by the way on the hands across america i much prefer the jordan peels us version of hands across america <laughs> yeah totally. i did pay <laughs> attention to that
0: that was pretty great um, how many people joined hands across America, Jeff?
2: I know there were giant holes across the center of the country. Uh, uh, Wait, I'm going to yes. say 811,000 people.
0: Ben hands. Barton, higher or lower?
1: Oh, way, way higher. That's, that's way too low. Oh, listen to the expert coming out. What do you got? Got a number? No, dude, we're doing prices right. All I have to do is choose over. It's 800,000 <laughs> 800, to one or whatever. One, six, one more than Jeff. 6.5 million six people five participated. Oh, I had it in the millions. I did have it, it in the millions. That's right.
2: incredible. I can't believe it was that many. I think there's a lot of yokels. That's two-thirds of the population of of uh, the city I had no idea about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. What else goes on in 1986 oh i got a great impossible question for the two of you in 1986 mike tyson becomes the youngest champion ever i don't know if boxing holds the nation's attention like it not did not at all no when mike tyson became the champion because i i watched as many mike tyson fights as i could and you could watch a lot because they lasted about
2: 38 seconds. Yes. I mean, it didn't take a long time to watch a Mike Tyson fight. So, oh, yeah. So here's... Dude,
1: listen, for the younger oh. listeners, okay, there's a YouTube video that's four minutes long that's Mike Tyson's 20 greatest knockouts, oh. and I can't recommend it strongly enough. Yep. Here's how good it is. You hit play, and the 20th one, first of all, all of these 20 fights, he's fighting professional fighters. It's not like he's at a bar and he found a drunk guy who he just beat senseless in 30 seconds. The 20th one, like they're in the third round and he's just like left, right, left. And the announcers are like, well, it looks like, oh, he's down. And you're like, and then I pause and I'm like, that's the 20th one? Dude, the first one, the first greatest (laughs) knockout. Can either one of you guess what it is? I don't know. Uh, it's know. really young. I don't remember,
2: but Dude, I mean, the one I remember. He knocks is... out
1: another professional fighter in the first round oh, yeah, like 17 seconds. It's freaking insane. Right. They like, like they have the guy, he's like, in this round, it's, in this corner, it's Mike Tyson. In this corner, it's another guy. <laughs> and then they come out and the announcers are like, well, I think this is going to be good. Whoa, he's down. Like, <laughs> like, that's the announcing of the fight. <laughs> Uh, there's a Mike Tyson case that I teach in contracts. Um, oh, okay. and as you can imagine, Mike Tyson had some rather unfortunate contract issues given the he many did. people who stole from him. Um, but I go through with the students. I, I watch, I make them watch the video cause they can't, oh, can't understand what it was like. Yeah. I'm like, I mean... I'm like, he's way more famous than Kanye West. He was like, you know, he was like Michael Jordan famous. He was yeah. a worldwide I... famous person. Right. I actually
2: was more, I was more in awe of Mike Tyson than I was of Michael Jordan. Like, I've I, never, I don't think I've ever been in awe of a athlete in my whole life than I was when Tyson had that whole series. Like, he, marked, he, he knocked out, like, the number one contender for the heavyweight crown in less than a round, like, yep. five fights in a <laughs> row. Like, was it Ernie Shavers who came out wearing the, like, sparkly trunks? Tyson hit him once, and he went to the canvas for eight, and he stood up. And Tyson looked at the referee like, you're really going to make me hit him again? <laughs> <laughs> and went in, hits him six times until he's, like, unconscious on his feet. I mean, like, his eyes are in the back. I mean, there's no amount of money on earth I would have taken to take a punch from Mike Tyson. So, like, I just I, – it was one of those, like, like, I might have been willing to, like, hang on to a tightrope at Everest for 30 seconds to try to win a million dollars. But there's no amount of money – that I would have accepted to stand in front of Mike Tyson and let him hit me. I, 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 well, that's, that's the impossible question,
0: Jeff Simons. Is I was really? go, I was going to offer money and increase as we went along and see who said, yeah, okay, I'm in. None. A, a he three, killed, I think he would have killed me. A three-minute
1: round. Oh, oh no, three minutes it. are you freaking kidding? Me? <laughs> no is he allowed way allowed to hit me when I go down? Like if I can curl into a ball and he leaves me alone, maybe No, no, you only Dude, win the money. That if I could hit you give me for 30 effort. seconds and I'd never think again. Like there's no amount
2: of money I'd let him I'd take for him to hit me once. No. Honest to God. Not in. Not in. I, and this is you're talking to a man who engaged in a real conversation at a bar once about how much money he would uh he would accept to allow his best friend to punch one of his children in the face. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not opposed to this question. And that number was probably lower than it should have been, but this zero, no amount. He had a
0: kill. All me. right. All right. Good. Well, I'm glad Will is not a fan of our podcast. That's a good <laughs> thing. Um, all right. I name the movie. Whoever can give me a line from the movie wins the contest. Whoever goes first, ready? Wait, 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 you're giving the movie or the line? No, no, I'm giving the title of the movie and someone has to come up with the line. Let's see who goes first, ready? Crocodile Dundee.
2: Now that's a knife.
0: (laughs)
1: That was easy, that was good, I (laughs)
0: like that. You call that a knife? All right, Uh, Top Gun. I feel the need, the need
2: for speed. Oh, Jeff is killing on this one. Homoerotic high five.
0: Was it? I think you're right. Oh my god. All right. Um the money pit.
1: Oh, nothing for that.
0: Nothing. Hey, I'm Tom Hanks. What am this, I doing in this movie? This
1: house <laughs> is a
2: money pit. <laughs> <laughs> he
0: should get 10 points for that. I'm sure they say that at some point. He really should. The money pit. Tom Hanks, what am I doing in a movie with Shelley Long? <laughs> All right, that is it. Those are the three movies. How'd you pick The Money Pit? Isn't there a better movie in there? From I kind of like The Money Pit. Wait, are you getting yelled at?
2: No, nah, he's um, good. I'm getting offered. Uh, bee has got this new thing where she's selling our own food back to us in the kitchen like it's a <laughs> cafe. She's become a total Shark. <laughs> She's trying to like sell me. <laughs> she's trying to sell me rice chips for like seventy-five cents that I already bought for. Her. That is so smart.
3: It's
1: a good, po- it's a good Ponzi scheme. Yeah.
0: Oh, set, for sure. Dude, that,
1: I'm looking at a successful future adult for sure. That's show a right.
0: She's, she's on, a on it. All right. Our three songs, ladies and gentlemen. This is so exciting. Ricky Valero is here. The man, or one of the men, behind the uh, drive-in podcast network, Ricky. How's it going tonight?
3: I'm doing good, man. Just just keeping busy. I'm excited. Um, I kind of approached you guys a couple weeks ago. Whenever I was like, "Oh, I got to get on during 1986, yeah. obviously, because it was the year I was born." So nice. You know, some great songs came out this year. I was doing a little research about some of my favorite songs. So I'm excited. Well, yeah. I- I- We were just talking about
2: Tim was worried it was kind of a down year, but uh, I think there's there's some gold in there in those hills. Like there's some good ones,
0: Ricky. Before we go on, you're you're incredibly busy right now. You you've got like a new article every day. You've got two podcasts that you juggle, I believe. What are the names? Oh, sorry, three. What are the names (laughs) of your? I had a third. Why not? Right. (laughs) What are the names of your podcasts? All right, so I do the Music City Drive-In, which is
3: the film podcast. Right now, obviously, with not a whole lot of films coming out right now, we've been doing. Uh, we go back and we've been re awarding, re nominating the Oscars. Right, you know what I mean? Oh, uh, right, guys. right. Just those like you guys, just guys, just like you guys complain about who wins the Grammys. You know what I mean? We complain about who wins the Oscar. I mean, I complain awesome. about who wins the Grammys sometimes as well. But we've been <laughs> re awarding those as well, just you know, giving those out. And then, of course, I have the Debbie Delight, which is a it's more of a fantasy football, college football centric podcast. And just recently, with my friend Kenzie Venunu, she and I started the OC podcast, uh, which we're actually going back and rewatching the OC uh, television show. And <laughs> we're actually uh, uh, we're so doing great. one episode a week. We watch the episode and then we review the episode as a collective whole. So,
1: hey wow. man, are you longer or shorter than the actual OC episode? We are, (laughs) wait, no, we're only at
3: 25 minutes long or something like that. Oh, okay. Oh, okay.
1: I thought maybe there'd be enough material. I mean, you could go maybe, you should spread it out a little. We yeah. <laughs> like we
3: sometimes like there's weeks where I'm just like oh my god this episode's like 40 minutes long oh my god like we like we're only on second episode like the second episode oh, was like. oh dude
1: by you just started it's it more complicated later
2: you'll love
3: more- oh absolutely like there was it, once you watch the first one the second one's probably like the second one's a really good episode so I like we kind of
2: remember like, that I remember thinking two or three episodes in I might actually watch the show and then and are then you serious I I got turn. nothing right now I
1: never oh, watched the watch- show. I watched the entire first season and most of the second season. I really oh liked gosh. it. One I, problem, and I'll be curious if Ricky agrees, is they run through plot pretty fast. Oh, absolutely. They they just, like, first two, there's the first two episodes, there's so much that
3: happened. Oh, I know, <laughs> like, dude. It's hilarious. so much. It's not like, great. oh, my God. Like, they could have just stopped it after episode two. And we would have been fine. All
0: right. I'm fine with pumping up each other's show. We're not cross-marketing here. This is not the OC meets 50 <laughs> Years of music. I do have Gosh. a follow-up question,
2: though. Which is, oh, yes, do you, please. <laughs> do you think the Oscars get it more right more often or at least are more closely correct than the Grammys? Like, would you say, like, that... I know there are a couple yeah, of years where there's an there's... egregious error, but for the most part, would you say that the Oscars are, are less chaotic and inexplicable than the Grammys? <laughs>
3: I think whatever, like, it, I think, like, with the
2: Grammys, it, when it's bad, it's bad. Right, you know what I
3: mean? And I think the Oscars are kind of the same way.
0: Do you oh, know, okay, do you know what won the Grammy in nineteen eighty six, Ricky? I do not. Well, it's a it's a gem. Let me tell you. It's uh that's what friends are for. Well, as theater. we look as we look at our Zoom uh feed right now and the four of us sitting here, um who would you claim as one of the four singers of That's What Friends Are For? <laughs> I think
1: I, I'm i going to take Dionne Dion. Warwick for sure. Oh, come don't on, I'm just make about to me, pick her. Don't come make on. me be Elton John. Don't make oh. me John. <laughs> Stevie oh, Wonder,
2: man. Jeff, is that you on the keyboards? and The harmonica, the chromatic
0: harmonica. And, and then can, is it the is, going to it? So Ricky is Gladys Knight, I think. <laughs> oh, I think I'm glad. Do I get Knight. the pips? <laughs> no pips this time. No, no pips on this one. It's a rip off. That's 1986. Ricky, I'm not going to make you go first. I'll I'll let you uh, watch Jeff set the tone. Jeff Simons, what's your song for 1986? All right. So I get, I get, I was just saying that frequently
2: I'm the guy who picks the weird song, but I'm going red meat, big, huge hit in 1986. All right. Let's go. Um, Unapologetically romantic and sappy. And uh, is this my pick? I don't know. Do you want to go? Is that just
1: uh, render friends or four again?
2: <laughs> go ahead, tell us. <laughs> um, well, cause if you, do you want to go first? Cause no. I have, I have a bunch of songs that, that it broke my heart to cut. I can go no, deep. Yeah, you go, you go ahead. This is uh, all I got to do is is uh, mimic holding a boom box over my head. And oh, you got my really? No. Yeah, really. Oh. Here it is.
1: In Your Eyes by Peter Gabriel.
0: <laughs> oh my God
1: you mm-hmm.
2: I'm earth listening to this podcast. It doesn't know that song by heart, wow. guess, but wow. so here's, here's my, here's my defense of a, of a that was a huge record. Um, and yep. it's got a lot of eighties production that uh, you can make the argument hasn't aged well, but I would argue that of that era that used a lot of synthesized drums, used a lot of Roland DX seven uh, Gabriel did it better than anyone. Uh, it's an excellent song. Like, In Your Eyes works whether or not it's got all of those drums going on, whether it has your Sue Door singing at the end. Um, and I always found it moving. Like, when I first bought So, it was my favorite track right away. And, and it hadn't been a single yet. Like, Sledgehammer right, was, the, right. was the pullout track. Oh, God, Sledgehammer. Um, and I actually really like I, that, that record has not aged poorly for me. Like, I still think Red Rain is a good song. Um, I like uh, Mercy Street. Um, the only one that really is cloying is big time. That really has aged badly. But, <laughs> but it also like, if I'm really honest, like that song, I felt that song. Like I, I sure. felt that I felt the kind of angstiness of it. I felt the romanticism of it. I felt the sense of like disconnection and isolation. I wanted to believe that someday I would have a relationship where I would want to hold a boom box over my head like that. And, uh, I don't know. It would be disingenuous for me to pick something else. Um, that song, right. I, I listened to that song. And and, and the, my first 20 listens of that song were in England the first time I ever left the United States. Like in the English that's countryside cool. with headphones on, just listening to. I had like So and yeah. the Sting Live record, Ben, that you love, that Bring On the Night. Yeah. I had those two cassettes oh, that's a great only. Album. And I just so like when that song comes on, I'm I'm going 100 miles an hour on on a train through the English countryside. First time out of America and the first time like really understanding what a big world was out there waiting for me. So I have a big personal nostalgic bent for it. And I also understand that it is
0: uh, a cheesy ass pick at the same time. Did you (laughs) didn't Genesis have an album that came out this year, Jeff? Oh yeah, and this is the invisible touch here. That is just right.
2: Okay, which it's not. Which is an unforgivable record. Um, I don't remember <laughs> if that's the one with Illegal Alien, which is really. I don't know if a song has aged more poorly from a major art uh, artist than Genesis's about, Illegal Alien. Where? How like, about the video where Colin sings and like that fake act? I mean, that song's. Just, All right,
0: Ricky. I'm gonna know. I'm gonna put up an article next week about Genesis. And their video for "Illegal Alien" and how it has aged, because it's rough. That
3: sounds fantastic. I, the thing about it, I love. I love reading. I love reading the pieces. They're they're fun. You know what I mean? The the one that you uh, initially wrote for us that was
1: terrifying. Um, that was to, uh,
0: the Benny Mardones piece. Yeah, sorry yes. about that. Sorry to bring that up. This is gonna
1: hurt Jeff's feelings, but he already knows what I think. Go ahead. What do you got? All of those Genesis guys are the same to me. Yeah,
2: I know. This is a Phil
1: Collins solo record. This is a Genesis record. They're all equally crappy. Um, I will admit, like the movie's great and that scene in the movie is great. And I will ride for that. But the song itself, I don't even have this song. On my like iTunes, like I would have to search to find this, I would never choose to listen to the song. That's all. But
0: this is the song, and this is the scene why this is the reason our wives would leave us for John Cusack, right? Every woman, (laughs) well, the money and and the looks, and uh, oh, put that aside. yeah come on, all right. have you ever read chuck
2: klosterman's piece about how john say anything like wrecked all gen x relationships he's not wrong he's not wrong he's not wrong and i ben's not ben's not totally right that all the genesis guys are the same like peter gabriel is much more interesting and arty and weird at his best than genesis was once he left them but he's also not wrong like (laughs) <laughs> for all my complaining, for all my complaining about like, oh, you've got to go underground, you've got to dig in the right. underneath the dirt to find the stuff worth listening to. I mean, this was this was a gargantuan big hit. I went and saw this tour at I went to Meriwether Post Pavilion and jumped up and down all excited when they played in your eyes. And I'm just owning that so, this was a moment where me and everybody else were in total agreement.
0: So. I know we're running late, but I want to throw this question out because big time kills peter gabriel for me and sledgehammer kills peter gabriel for me and and climbing up salisbury hill even though i like that song i i can't get over the bad stuff and, and what's the artist that you think of when you think of oh they've got some pretty good songs but i can't get over song x or song y i can't give credit to this song because this stink of this song is still haunting me I yeah, mean, those I'll, are all
1: good selections. I mean, for me, the single artist that's got the highest high points and the lowest low points is Rod Stewart. Yes, ah, uh, that's a great. Like, there's a couple of Rod Stewart records where I'm like, "Wow, this guy!" Oh, the, the first Jeff Beck record, and then every picture tells a story. Are uh, masters. Gasoline Alley's a great record? All those faces. That's records, one. dude. All those totally. faces. All of those are records, records are great. And then it actually hit me when I went through the '80s ones. I was like, "Oh Lord, man!" I actually what? think that. Isn't there a Rod Stewart version of That's What Friends Were For? Like, I think that's how bad he was. <laughs> is that a thing?
2: Here's the other – a similar uh, uh, guy from a similar era, and this is a more controversial take, but I am this close to saying that about Eric Clapton.
1: Oh, super – dude,
2: I'm there. I'm Eric Clapton there. has made so many bad records, starting with Tears in Heaven, that Tears in Heaven song, and that, mm. that unplugged performance, like – that, that whole Eric Clapton Unplugged record almost ruins Bluesbreakers Cream.
1: Oh, no, it actually faith. ruins it. I got it a buddy who tells the following story. He's like, uh, he worked <laughs> at the Metropulse, which is the free paper in Knoxville. And I was like, oh, hey, man, you got a whole bunch of free tickets. What's the worst show you ever saw? And he was like, Eric Clapton. And I was like, really? And he's like, oh, yeah, I went to the Eric Clapton Orchestra Lexus Tour sponsored by lexus <laughs> and he like they came he came out with the whole band played tears to heaven and i was like well this this is bad and then he played crossroads with the orchestra uh, with the lexus thing behind him and he left two songs in he left
2: <laughs> i love him oh i don't know that. um do you remember that we saw Clapton together in 1989 and I fell asleep for 25 minutes of the show? Oh, dear
0: God. Did you really?
2: <laughs> yeah, I felt, I mean, I, we were at the Spectrum and uh, he played Old Love, which is a endless, endless crappy ballad. And he did a 14 minute version of it. And I was, I fell dead asleep in my chair. And Ben looks over at me. He's like, what the hell are you doing? And I'm like, <laughs> I was asleep. And he had to wake me up for like pretending or whatever horrible
0: all right let's let's move on nice job uh i actually love that song i can't i can't drag it very much um good stuff ricky let's go to you you are not a 50 year old white man <laughs> i'm 34 year old. Uh, 34 remember those days guys i was so I, spry I can't. that's too far away <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what do you got, Ricky? What do you got? I
3: struggled with this one, right? Because to me, there was a – I almost went this – the homie pick here. I almost went Party All the Time by Eddie Murphy, but I didn't, right? I didn't. I came really, really close. But there's one song that I like a little bit more than that one. I went Addicted to Love by Robert, Robert Palmer. Robert <laughs> Palmer. Nice. I love the song, right? You know what I mean? I'm a huge fan of – I actually There's actually other versions of the song that I really, really like as well, Um but I figured I'd be, you guys would be proud of me. I, I did a little research regarding this song. I didn't realize that this was intended to be a duet with Chaka Khan, like that's crazy oh, to me.
0: I didn't know that, That's yeah, that would have been great.
3: Yeah, but oh, apparently man. her studio wouldn't release her to uh, oh. be a part of this song. All but right, she must Jeff. be
2: so pissed about that. There
0: Jeff, hit it. So, Jeff Simons, sneaking Sally through the alley. What year is that? 1974 is sneaking Sally through the alley. So, that's a long career. Oh, yeah.
2: So, Robert Palmer is an interesting dude. Like, I'd never heard of him in 85. Like, I couldn't pretend like I – I mean, I knew he'd had a hit. Uh, remember the song Bad Case of Loving You in the late 70s? Sure. Like, oh, yeah. Um, and uh, and I, I kind of wrote him off as like an MTV guy. But, like, there's a whole – He's a fascinating guy. He's one of the last guys who doesn't write any of his songs, but is such a good singer and must be a friendly guy because great musicians will play with him. He did a tour, the Bad Case of Loving You tour, the Secrets tour in 1980. The backing band of that tour is Little Feet without Lowell George. It, I mean, it huh. is one of the best bands playing little clubs behind this guy. Little Feet is the backing band on the Sneak and Sally record, on the some people can do what they like record, um, yeah. and then that 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 clues record, which is the which is the record before this one where he blew up, has two or three bangers on it. He's a but there's just he's the last generation of a guy who's just like cool and sings well who can be an artist until American Idol brings that back. But his oh, generation yeah. of guys like. You usually need. I mean, I guess Rod Stewart's the other one. Like, usually you need to be a writer at this point to be the singer, and he's just—he's a guy who's like, "Hey, that
0: song's good." And Rick, to, Ricky, how career. did you come across this song?
3: Oh, I mean, growing up, my dad is—you know—this is all. This is all we listened to when I was a kid, '60s, '70s, and '80s. That's all I grew up uh-huh. on, right? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So I grew up on this music. You know, there's a couple different songs. Like, I almost went Lionel Richie here. I um, almost there's just there's so many for me. There's so many good songs here. I just love Addicted to I love the remake that Florence and the Machine did of Addicted to Love as well. They do a fantastic oh, yeah, version. Cool. Oh my, it's
2: so yeah, good. Really
3: It's so, so good. And Skylar Gray did one too, which I think was attached to like a horror film Once Upon a Time. But I, I love Addicted to Love. I love this song. I, when I used to wrestle, somebody used to come out to the song and, and it, it kind of reminds me of them
0: as well. So. Like wrestling high school? No, professional wrestling i'm sorry i'm sorry what you didn't know this i know this because i went to the launch
2: party this is
0: great i'm sorry you
2: used to professionally wrestle i
3: did yes i did (laughs) wow what was the Uh, song that you came out with i i came out to the kid rock song never met a white boy quite like me nice (laughs) that's
0: too great
3: the edited Tim, version of obviously you never met a motherfucker quite like me. Sorry,
2: <laughs>
0: like, I cannot believe this is what I'm learning. this Did this
2: you hear Tim I... like calibrate in that silence? Oh. Like, I cannot <laughs> believe how much cooler this guy is than anybody else on this podcast, and why is he with us? And that was, I could actually hear your gerbil, yeah, freeze <laughs> in the what? hamster like, wheel trying to wait, make sense what did of he that. say?
0: What that was. Hilarious. I mean, uh, for a guy who grew up with uh jimmy superfly Snuka and chief j strongbow like that gets it burnt there
3: one of my last one of my last matches i ever wrestled was against the honky tonk man so wow
0: yeah. did you win
3: uh no i don't think uh, no i
0: didn't oh, he hit me with the
3: guitar so that's all i that really matter
2: that's see that's that's <laughs> cheating there's so much cheating in wrestling they got to do something about that
0: that is bullshit all right well great great <laughs> pick addicted to love Ben Barton, 1986, you're 16 years old, strutting
1: around Brooklyn. What do you got? Yeah, so Jeff is a sensitive Uh 16-year-old, and he's listening in your eyes. I'm sad to report Uh Uh that I'm going to choose a Beastie Boys song. All right, so Mike D. starts playing in punk rock bands in 1978. In 1981, Adam Yao joins the band. And they become the Beastie Boys in 81. Six months later, Adam Horowitz joins King Ad Ad Rock. And now they have the bulk of the band. They play in a like hardcore punk band all the way into the mid 80s. And they open for everybody that Jeff likes. They open for the Bad Brains. They open Dead Kennedys, Misfits, Reagan Youth. They were a house band at CBGBs. Like they just played punk music. In 1983, they put out their first hip-hop song. Uh, Jeff, you're not going to know this. Cookie Puss. Cookie Puss, which, by the way, is unbelievably hilarious, and I recommend that you go listen to Cookie Puss. Yeah, here that. is what yeah, Cookie cake Puss guy? is. That's the cake, right? It's a drum machine beat with the Beastie Boys calling Carvel Ice Cream in yeah, okay. Brooklyn okay. yeah. and prank calling them asking to talk to Cookie Puss, which is the name of the ice cream <laughs> cake. But they have there, And they're, like, cursing and screaming and yelling at this woman. So this song is their biggest hit at that time. And it was a medium-sized hit in New York to the point where I remember hearing, I was like, what the hell is this, like, Frank Cole song? Is this the so, – what, what, what year is the Jerky Boys? Oh, it's, it's way it's before really that. Yeah. This is way yeah. before Jerky Boys. Yeah, okay. totally. So this is 1983 Cookie Bus. They decide that they want to be – uh hip hop act. So they fire their, they had a female drummer. They fire her and they just become a trio. They pick up Rick Rubin, who's just a student at NYU and Rubin is their DJ. So they're appearing the three of them rapping with Rubin as the DJ. They record in 1985 and 1986 licensed to ill. They recorded like three months and it's a complete joke. Like, none of them think anything's going to happen with this at all. They're drunk as hell this entire time, all the way through it. Oh, my God. They put out the record. Rolling Stone Magazine gives it five stars with the headline, (laughs) Three Idiots Create a Masterpiece.
2: (laughs) Uh, Which is the original review of the Sistine Chapel, too. I I think so.
0: I remember that.
1: Everybody will remember. They only have in their entire career one top 20 hit. What is it? Fight for your right to party. Fight for your right to party. And it's actually like, weirdly, it's like Beck and Radiohead, where their first single, they come to hate and despise. Yeah. Like, it's embarrassing to them. And actually, now when you listen to it, it's medium embarrassing, frankly. Um, And under other circumstances, I would choose a Pulse Boutique song. And then later on, I will choose a later version song of them. I couldn't not choose the new style by the Beastie Boys. This was the soundtrack to that year. Let's go. I love that record. Let me pause for a second to just go ahead and say a couple of different things. The first thing I'll say is these guys are very clear and apologetic about how bad they are to women and their stupid gun stuff. Like, it's a disaster, and I'm not here for it at all. Second, there's a bunch of interviews with them. Where they're like, "How do you feel about cultural appropriation and stealing African American music?" And they're like, "We're very apologetic about that. We recognize that. Like, we have to have a full conversation about race in this country. Like, and that's the thing that makes me feel okay about choosing this is these guys were basically like, like three to five years older than I was. Uh, They went to. Edward R. Murrow High School, St. Anne's High School, and LaGuardia High School in Manhattan. There was a rumor they went to my high school, but that actually turned out not to be true. But like, okay. it was like as if I went to high school with these guys yeah. and I grew with them. Like when the new style came out and all the misogyny and stuff, I was 17. I was like drunk and girls, okay. As you grow with them, you grow into it. The new style by the Beastie Boys. Jeff, four and three and two and one. And when I'm on the mic. And on the cool check-in. Center stage on the mic. And we're putting it on wax.
0: It's the new style. Four and three and two and one. And when I'm on the mic, the suckers run. Where? Down with that walking like and you ain't. And I got more juice than Picasso got paint. So got, got rock and a rock and rock. I'm not surprised you're on my team, D-A-S-T-I-E, what up my team, uh, yeah, that's me, I got frank and pork and beans, always buck the new routines, I get it, I got it, I know it's good, the rhymes are right, you wish you would, I'm never in training, my voice is not straining, people always butting and I'm sick of complaining, so I went into the locker room during classes, went into your locker and I smashed your glasses, your friend-
1: I love that line. Wow. So, All right. So, um, here's a couple of things so that I love, I don't like, I love about that song. The <laughs> first thing is, they were the master samplers, and it's partially just Ruben on this record. But, okay. uh, hey Jeff, that guitar note, can you name the sample? Oh, no. ACDC flick of the switch. Oh, wow. wow. It's the first chord on that ACDC song. It's amazing. Yeah, that's <laughs> fantastic. Uh, and then in the chorus, they do the, there it is. What's that? I yeah. uh, can't. Run DMC, Peter Piper. Oh, nice. And, like, so, and, and then they've got the, that drum sound, that brrrr, Yeah. That's uh, Trouble Funk, Drop the Bomb from yeah, that 1973. I did, that one I, I did know. Dude, they just have like the most amazing samples in there. And that's part of the genius of the Beastie Boys. Like their tastes in the samples are outstanding. Uh, the rhymes are hilarious. I wanted to move away from this because frankly, it's a little bit embarrassing. A 16, 17 year old Ben Barton. Do you know who completely would not let me? It's my daughters. My daughters can do the rap completely.
0: Stop it.
1: From the four and three and two and one all the way through to (laughs) your locker and smashed your glasses. Like, they've heard me do it so many times. They absolutely love it. And I'll just give a short defense of it. Um, They toured. First, they toured with Madonna, which is hilarious. Before the record comes out, they come out and tour with Madonna. Then they go on the Def Jam tour. They're the opening act, it's them, then LL Cool J, then Run-DMC, and they, the other acts loved them. Like, there's a great Jalen Rose story where they're playing in Detroit. And as you can imagine, the Run-DMC LL Cool J show in Detroit does not have a lot of white people in the audience. Uh-huh. The Beastie Boys come out and they purposely start with the really annoying, obnoxious song, Girls. And Jalen's like, they're booing them. They're throwing wow. crap at them. All the lights go down. It comes back up on the cool check at center stage on the mic. They go into the new style. And 17-year-old Jalen Rose our age, is age. just like, oh, these guys could be all right. Like, and okay. that was it. Like, they were just <laughs> off and running with the new style. Um, and this is among the most sampled songs in rap. And like, just like really? who's who of it. There's an outcast Outcast song that samples this, and that alone means you're okay. Uh, there's a Pharrell song, a Farside song that does it, Ice Cube, g uh, wow. Travis Scott. The song Let Me Clear My Throat, which is a banger, is completely based on this song. Like, it's awesome. So I wow. saw the Beastie Boys before License to
2: Ill came out. No um, kidding. Yeah. They opened for Public Image Limited, oh dear uh, which is Johnny Rotten's nice! band after the yeah. Sex Pistols oh, at the yeah. Warner Theater.
0: P-I-L. And so I'm
2: there with my friend Red, and like we're suburban punkers in the big city like with the guys <laughs> with the real hair. We're already kind of like freaked out. These guys come out on stage, and it's the three dudes and Ruben. They are so drunk, they can barely stand. They start a song, it stops. They start a song, it stops. They start baiting the audience, like, we got any Sex Pistols fans out there? Sims cheers and like, well, you're 10 years too late, you poser losers. They're just throwing insults. <laughs> they get maybe 40 seconds into something else. And, and uh, Mike D drop kicks his 40 from one side of the Warner Theater stage, like, patink! It goes across the stage at 400 miles an hour and hits Ad-Rock oh, right no. in the crotch while he's singing. He sinks to his knees, still holding the microphone, screaming, my balls, my balls. Mike D's like, did you guys see that? Greatest shot ever. Greatest shot ever. Oh, it hurts. Curtain, lights, end of show. And I, I went home that night. What did I buy at the merch table? The Cookie Puss 12-inch. Not nice. anything from Public Image Limited whose show was meh. <sighs> that was it. I mean, that they left the stage, and Red and I looked at each other like, well, now that is something worth keeping an eye on. And then License Tale came out like a year later.
1: And great. dude, I went and saw them at Bonnaroo for their last live show, which oh. nobody knew was their last live show. And they were great. They were really, really good. And it's one of those things where it was like, oh, you know, I go to Bonnaroo every year. And so it just happened to be the case. But I can't tell you how meaningful that was for me to see those guys. Cool. All right, um, Timmy, let's hear it, man. All right. So-
0: long enough plane. Here's what we got. I I do not have a song that I appreciated in 1986 uh, because it actually doesn't come out to 1987. So I'm using my cheat card because it was recorded in June of 1986. But Jeff Simons, see if you can name it just by this little factoid. It was also recorded in June of 1979. You're, you're muted. I can. I'm, I
2: think I can, name it. And I'm, I'm very surprised by the choice if I'm right.
0: So I, I'm very excited for this song. I play this video for my students every year. I talk about the debate between Michael Jackson and Prince that raged in the 80s and how those of us on Michael Jackson's side were, were ultimately terribly, terribly wrong. And this is the song and the video I play for my students I could never take the place of your man by Prince.
3: I could never take the place of your man by Prince. we
2: I mean, so the, 19, the 1979 demo is No Slouch. Have you guys heard it? I have heard it. What did you think of it?
0: I thought it was I, great. I, have you ever heard this, Tim? Yeah, yeah. No, I listened to it. And I was trying to figure out what's the difference between um, what he's thinking in 1979 versus what he ultimately is like, no, no, this is the song. I just can't believe 1986. how similar.
2: Like, he's, he's 19 years old on this first version. And it's, for wow. the, it's an outtake of, this, of the first record, the one that's just called Prince. Is it but six, I mean,
1: six minutes long? Like of
0: it's long, but now i It was only last
2: June when her old man ran away. Incredible, it's all there like the it's bass line, the, the melody, that guy. So you you have messed up my eighty-seven pick, Tim. I gotta go back to the drawing board.
0: Yeah, it's nicely done. That's, that's I nothing what I'm nothing but about. praise
2: for this pick. This is a banger. I love it, Ricky. Ricky, do you know that song? I do know that song. Yeah,
3: I
1: love Prince.
0: It's so fan. great. Well, I, mean, I have a quote have...
1: from Jeff in nineteen. It might have been eighty-eight. Uh-huh. Uh, we were in a band together. Yeah, that's right. And he brought this for us to cover. And I was like, wow, that song is amazing. And he was like, yeah, that's the best replacement song from 1987. And he was completely right. Like the guitar part, the riffs, the singing, it's a like perfect rock song by a guy who was also an amazing pop star and an amazing funk star. Like just the the breadth of that guy's material. And also this is super similar to Purple Rain. The last two minutes to that song is like a free jazz freak out. <laughs> uh, and I remember specifically about this because I kept I had this mix that I would play for the girls. Yeah, and I yeah. added this song to it, and two minutes in they were like, "Okay, maybe." Yeah, and the last two minutes they were like, "Oh, I never what? want to hear that again." Stop and, I mean it. I, I stop feel it. differently about it. Like I love what an experimenter that guy is, but dude, he's such a weirdo. Like he can't yeah. control himself. Well, yeah, I, no, I yeah, can't believe I played- that.
2: Never take the place, of man. Seven minutes long. I mean, it's just. How the hell does that happen? And it works all the way through, I think.
0: Well, I should confess that when I play the video for my students, I stop. Like, as soon as it starts <laughs> going, I was like, all right, that was Prince, ladies and gentlemen. But by the way, the greatest spin move while playing guitar I've ever seen in that video. I mean, it's just seamless. The man could absolutely boogie. Prince, ladies and gentlemen. Ben Barton, will there be more Prince songs in our future? I think
2: Prince Prince lost out this this by a, a hair. This is Kiss's year, isn't it? I thought that was yeah. going to be your pick.
0: Yeah, oh, I, I love- thought Kiss was next year. No,
2: he goes Kiss, and then he's got. Then he's got Time he got- of the Times. Got this crazy double record
1: with no wow. really big hit from it. That wait, 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 no, dude, wait, wait, wait. now you're helping me because no. there's a chance that I was going to choose an unreleased Prince EP in the 2000s. The Deliverance EP, I can't describe how much I love that. It's so good. It's so good. It's right after Katrina. And it's like, n- right now, it's my current favorite Prince thing. And wow. you not wrong, ben,
2: de- ben turned me onto it, and it's, it's great. What's it
1: called? It's called
2: Deliverance, right? Deliverance. Yeah. Is the name of the well, EP?
0: I mean, just real quick, I mean, I know we had a love fest for Prince last week, but so. 86 has manic monday it has kiss and it has him recording sign of the times
2: which starts as a triple record called dream factory <laughs> that he turns into the to the record company and they're like you are out of your mind if you think you're putting out a triple record so he grudgingly takes it all back turns it into a double records five new songs throws away seven others they, there's a there's a super deluxe edition of sign of the times that's coming out next month and it is eight CDs of material. <laughs> the original double CD, four CDs of outtakes, over 38 other songs that were under consideration, wow. and then a full two-hour concert at Paisley Park to celebrate the release. So no, Ricky, this is but-
1: the thing that's hilarious about Prince is like, Sign of the Times, uh, even people who love I love Prince. But he, he could have used an editor, but then you're like, oh, he actually did have one. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He actually cut yeah. three quarters of the material. Yeah. He could have cut even more, but that's how much he cut. Yeah.
0: So, R- Ricky, you, you tweeted today like, Jeepers, I need an intern because you're cranking out material left and right. <laughs> Next time that you start to think, oh my gosh, I've got too much going on, just think of prints.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay so I, ha- I have a i have a question for you guys all right so in uh, the world of film for me like i'm very sacrilegious with giving a five stars to a film right
0: okay it
3: like for me personally if a person consistently says this is a masterpiece and consistently says it's a five-star film i'm like yep. people stop taking you seriously right is that does that is that the same way in you guys' world like if, if like, a, like I heard you said earlier, like Rolling Stone says it's a, the best album of the year. Like at some point, like that, it's like, okay, well you said that two weeks ago yeah. about that album, right?
1: Oh, dude, there's some disastrously bad Rolling Stones takes, in particular in the 80s. And I'm going to let Jeff tell you the worst classic record from Rolling Stone in the 80s hit us.
2: Oh, it might be. They gave the Who's It's Hard five stars. No,
1: no, no, dude, way worse than that. It's the Uh, Downeaster Alexa. Oh, they gave Stormfront five stars. That's Five stars. They had Billy Joel on the cover of Rolling Stone, and then underneath it, it said Stormfront, all-time classic. And I was like, why do I have a subscription to this piece of that? I've got to cancel it right now. He's got his pea coat on. He's got his hat on. Dude. Uh,
2: (laughs) Ben and I spent – we went to spring break with uh, two buddies in 1989 and uh, when, they, when those two were driving, it was just Stormfront on a loop repeat and I think we ended up driving three quarters of the way just to give ourselves a break from the Billy Joel cassette. I mean, it was just that, that song, I Go To Extremes, I mean, I think it's oh, only four what minutes a long, shit song, but man, man, it must, it feels oh. like it lasts for two and a half hours. Like that is a rough, why do time.
0: I go to extremes? Why are you telling us about you going to extremes? Wait, wait, let's close with this. Do
2: yourself a favor and type in Billy Joel hissy fit into YouTube and watch him destroy a keyboard live on stage in the Soviet union. Cause they won't turn the house lights on <laughs> while he's still trying to do the song. It, it is, it's too much. So all big.
0: right well ricky thanks so much for joining us this has been great
1: yeah well done ricky thanks yeah, man. thanks man thank,
0: thank yeah, goodness 1986 on, came along so we could get ricky valero out of that year nice job 1986 fellas i'll see you next week
1: well, well done here. timmy
0: love you all right Bye, see guys. thanks so much see you guys. Yeah, you too. All all right. Right. Bye. Thanks for listening to 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. If you like what you hear, leave us a good review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And come visit us on our Facebook page where you can weigh in on who actually had the best song of the year.
2: Miles, are you ready to record our promo for Season 2 of the want podcast?
1: David, have you ever seen a grown man naked?
2: Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that Season 2 starts August 18th.